Hello, hello, and welcome to episode 130 of All Booked Up, the Buffalo and Erie County Public Library's podcast about books, movies, and all things pop culture. I am your host, Michelle Snyder. And I am Jacob Miracle. So you are listening to this on Monday morning. We are recording this on Friday. As of right now, there has not been a new president elected, but it does seem to be leaning in that direction. Yeah, it seems like by the time you guys are listening to this, we're going to know exactly who won. So We were debating doing maybe suspense films or something, but then we were like, this will we... probably pretty close to wrapped up by the time you're listening. Yeah, it's, it's almost wrapped up as we speak right now. So, it, yeah, I don't think we want to add any more stress to anybody's life. And then... Of course. We're all just letting it go now. But wild week, everybody. Wild week. I hope everyone is is doing well. I hope eventually that you got some sleep because I'm yeah. just I'm going on nothing here. I'm going it's, on it's, nothing. Uh, yeah. Going on junk food. There I was at like one o'clock in the morning, like oh, I can finally get some sleep tonight, and then nope, a little bit of anxiety hits yeah, me. Just, I'm like, well, just, I'm up for the rest of the night. And it was a bummer of a last week because we lost um, such a famous well-loved actor Sean Connery. Though, as it was described, the world's greatest Scotsman, which I would have to say I can't really argue with that. He uh, had like a Scot- like I Love Scotland tattoo or something, like something Scotland tattoo well, I would, on him. Like, that's I would a hope lot of... so. <laughs> like, if he didn't have at least that. Although it's kind of weird thinking of Sean Connery with a tattoo, isn't it? Like he has like mother tattooed over his heart or something he, like he that. He actually does, I think, have a mother-father tattoo. Does he really? Yeah, I'm pretty sure that that's correct. Oh, wow. But he was like in the Navy or the service. Oh, so right, that makes that's, sense That's then. pretty pretty common. But yeah, we lost Sean Connery. We haven't seen him around in a while, but he's always popping up on something that you put in. You're like, oh, Sean Connery. Yeah, especially oh, like, like, you know, from the 90s especially, a lot of, at least imp- Connery impressions were just silly all over the place. Definitely, but I had a, I had a real Sean Connery thing. Did you? I have a real thing about I did when I was young. I'm sorry, Dad, for you to have to hear it, but a thing for older men, especially with beards. Mm, that tracks. So he he just he slipped right into it. So yeah. left me some Sean Connery. I always uh, thought that like fa- no facial hair Sean Connery was weird. I didn't appreciate it. Didn't like it at all. It's not bad, but no, it's not as yeah. good. I think that's a. I think that's the general opinion. And I am not alone on this. So in 1989, when he was 59 years old, he was proclaimed the sexiest man alive by People magazine. And in 1999, at age 69, nice. he was voted sexiest man of the century. Uh, it's that, that salt and pepper beard, man. You can't fight it. It's his accent. I mean, he that had accent. really soulful eyes. I, mm. I never noticed the eye, so I'll take what? your word on that. Oh, it's... I don't really stare in Sean Connery's eyes too often. Well, you really missing out. Well, I saw Zardoz, so after that, I was like, (laughs) I saw a lot of Sean Connery. I saw a whole lot of Sean Connery. So yeah, we wanted to have a little episode for him. We're going to talk about some of our favorite things that he has been in. Some of them you definitely know, but some you might not. I think it's pretty safe to say almost anybody that's listening to this one's going to know every movie that we talk about. Well, not maybe not all. Yeah, I had a couple that maybe aren't as popular, but I want to start. Obviously, da, 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 with James Bond. Sure. I mean, where else are you going to start with him? Yeah. That was his big breakthrough. It came in 1962 when he landed the role of James Bond in Dr. No. And then he played Bond in six more films from Russia with Love in 63, Goldfinger next year, Thunderball the year after that, 
Uh, you only live twice in 67. Diamonds are forever in 71. And then the big break would, and then came back for Never Say Never Again in 1983. I'm, I've always been a big fan of Bond movie titles to begin with because they're always like pretty cool and yeah. random. And he's got some of the better ones. Like every time you hear him, I'm like, what is that even about? You only live twice. Yeah. I mean, Goldfinger, I mean, they're, they explain exactly what that movie's going to be about. Yeah, the yeah there's, there's no questions there. And Dr. No, which was the first film, and that's most of the series signatures came from that film, like mm-hmm. uh, the opening gun barrel sequence, um, John Barry's iconic theme, the idea of exotic locales being in all of them, the way Bond says his name. Ironically, um, uh, that's also apparently the movie that the new Bond movie's based on. Like, that's the rumor going around. Oh, based that, on Dr. No? Yeah, like the new movie's going to be uh, that Rami Malek's Dr. No in this one. So. Oh, okay. And even the his drink of choice are all established there. And the best part of it, and what Sean Connery really gave us, is that he improvised his iconic Bond line. Did he really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, in the script, when he initially says his name, his initial introduction is, I am James Bond. And he said that it sounded flat and unnatural. Which so he did the Bond, James Bond. And which now, he's right, because I am James Bond. That's hello, terrible. I am James Bond. But like, no, it doesn't no, work. No, 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 no. Doesn't work at all. Sounds pretty dorky, to be honest with you. I'm yeah, glad they so, didn't do that. Yeah, it's awesome. I actually tried to get a clip, but crazily, they all kind of had music in it, and sometimes the, the clip thing won't allow it. But mm-hmm. you all know exactly what Sean Connery sounds like saying, Bond. James Bond. See, you nailed it. You nailed it right on the head. I felt I felt pretty good about it. So he only had a handful of roles to his name at the time of this of this casting. So he wasn't really well known. Um, he was cast by Ian Productions and the writer of the James Bond series, Ian Fleming, who created this, was a British secret agent called the Scottish-born Connery unrefined mm-hmm. and an overgrown stuntman, yeah. and did not want him to play the character, was very upset about it, was kind of petitioning against it. But Fleming's girlfriend at the time convinced him otherwise and was like, no, I, I think this guy looks good. I think he's sexy. Like, I think it's going to work. So they let it. And later, Ian Fleming changed his mind, admitting that Connery was totally ideal for the role after he saw his performance in Dr. No, and then adapted all of his future Bond novels to give Bond a Scottish background. There you go. See? See, that's an example where, like, casting ended up being a perfect choice for the character going forward, because I believe, yeah, like... I didn't even realize they gave um, James Bond a Scottish background in the yeah, book. Yeah, because he ended up just loving him. For oh, you know what? Yeah, because cause... he is perfect, and the people that have followed have been great. But it really, like, you, I still think of Sean Connery when I think of James Bond. And I'm a huge fan of the new films. They look great. The performances are great. I've got my own weird Daniel Craig thing, though. I find him 0% attractive. Well, that's because he is 0% attractive. Some women find him really, really attractive. He's uh, a good actor. Maybe they just are attracted to, like, meat that you beat with a frying pan. Would you stop? You're the judgiest person. But I'm just saying, this, he's not my type. Like, he's sexy in the movie, and I get that. But he's no Sean Connery. So no. for me, Sean Connery is... The best Bond. I yeah, I'd say most people would agree with you on that. I mean, I grew up in the Pierce Brosnan era, and you know nobody's going to argue that hey, he's the best James Bond, despite the funness no, of his was, movies. Yeah, he wasn't terrible. Yes, yeah. So I would say definitely the way that, like you said, he basically built the way the character is perceived. Oh yeah, from the ground up, like everything he set up, they're still 
And this character is going to live on and on. They're never going to stop. I mean, look at it now. Like, the, um, Ewan McGregor is one of the three finalists to play the new James Bond in the next couple of movies, and that's partially inspired because of his background and, like, he'd kind of mix it up with the Sean Connery one, I so. love that, but I really liked when there was Idris Elba rumors because mm-hmm. that man is so oh, I hot. Like, I mean, I like the three that they're choosing. Who else is up? I love Ewan McGregor, also super you, hot. Right now, the word is Ewan McGregor, uh, Tom Hardy, and... <sighs> And Henry Cavill is the third one. Oh, these are like all my mm-hmm. most beautiful men. That, that's why everybody's like, you can't, you can't go wrong if you pick either one of those three. So it's like, oh, it's like a real Ooh. Sophie's Choice going on right now. Right now, I'm a, I'm a Tom, Cavill guy, but uh, Tom Hardy, I think, is the best actor of that. But he's just been having such bad luck <laughs> in the stuff that he's choosing. I think Ewan is the safest bet. Not, of, I think Ewan is actually the least safe bet because I feel like he's the box office poison of the group. He's the one that how never. You say? His movies never make money. He's known for being in bombs all the time. Mm. We're getting off track. Yeah, we'll we'll get back to our Bond we'll cast. Go, we'll go back to Bond. We'll go back to Sean Connery. I also like, so his last Bond film, Never Say Never Again in 1983, um, Connery had said during an interview that filming it, he was taking martial arts lessons. And in the process, he angered the instructor, who in turn broke his wrist. Oh, nice guy. Yeah, Connery stayed with the broken wrist for a number of years, thinking that it was only minor pain before he finally went and found that it was broken. And his instructor was Steven Seagal. Which, when you hear that part, you're like, yeah, that tracks. (laughs) That sounds right. Steven. The man who never saw a cupcake he didn't want to devour, Steven Seagal. What is the matter with you? I don't care. You're you're just an a. Jacob's angry, you guys. Uh, don't you judge know, him. I don't have a lot of uh, I don't have a lot of love for Russian citizens these days. I can't imagine why. <laughs> oh, brother. All right, what what Sean Connery are you bringing to us? Okay, so uh, I always when I looked at his filmography, I kind of realized that Sean Connery for me was always like old Sean Connery. That's where I found my basic love for Connery was okay. when he got older. The number one, of course, and I know you're going to hate because I'm going to have to talk about Nick Cage, but The Rock, I feel like, is I my love the movie, favorite, the Rock. favorite Sean Connery movie without a doubt. And he doesn't even show up for an hour into that movie, and when he does... When he does, he gets a haircut and he's awesome. Yeah, like, he's still, it's a great movie. I mean, I was a, as a guy who was rocking the long hair look, I'm like, Connery, this dude gets it, man. It's not even his real hair. <laughs> it's hard for our generation to not like The Rock, too, because that's another movie that just lived on TBS or TNT, so oh every God. time you were like bored on the weekend and turned it on you're like all right i'll watch the rock if i put on amc right now there's a 50 50 chance it's going to be on (laughs) is that true it's always on oh always on like probably in the san francisco train foot or like the san francisco chase scene now so (laughs) all right um but man you want to talk about like michael bay and jerry bruckheimer at their absolute peak the rock is just the movie for you nick cage ed harris especially sean connery Oh, my God. It's just like the um, almost a perfect action movie to me. Like, it's right up there with the greatest of them all. And Connery's a big part of that, like, the, what makes the movie work. Oh, for sure. Like, um, if you are in a movie with Nick Cage and Ed Harris, it is not easy to stand out and to make the eyes draw towards you because those guys are, you know, all about um, with the charisma. But they can't even touch Connery. As soon as he comes on the screen, every scene is basically everyone's, just about him. Connery. Yeah. And it's deserved. And oh, just such, like, I mean, what is there not to like about this movie in terms it's of It's super fun. That's a super fun movie that you don't have to, like, focus on plot too much. You're just no. like, yay, blowsies up stuff, criminals, me likey. Yeah. <laughs> like, so, it's good. I mean, just such a perfect action movie, in my opinion. And that's kind of. 
ties in with the uh, another po- choice that I got, which was on the s- same kind of level, but not with the Hunt for Red October, where he was his, uh, playing the submarine captain. Also <laughs> a away good movie. A, no, a good it's, one. It's like, although a lot of these movies I never want to rewatch because right. sometimes you rewatch it and you're like, Oh, that's a garbage movie, but like it wasn't, you can't take it out of its time period. Like it was good for the time period. It was props and effects for the time period. Even the way people performed, you know, was very specific. So sometimes I don't like them as much. So, but those movies are living in my memory as great films. Oh, absolutely. I mean, who doesn't want to see Sean Connery playing a Russian submarine captain? Like the idea that he's just going to try to push that Russian accent a little bit is just, it makes the movie worth watching. He's not great at accents. He's good at his own. So eventually I feel like they're like, just be Scottish and everything. Yeah. If that's that's your voice, it's like, we'll just do that. Like we don't need anything else. We'll we'll write it into the script. We'll write around it. Don't worry about it. But yeah, those are two. Those are two very good choices. No complaints there. Oh, that's a, that's a rarity. <laughs> it's true. Well, the the day is young. That's true. Um, the next one, big one, would be the Untouchables. Oh, I, oh, I love that movie, man. I, I haven't seen, seen it in quite a while. I think it's one that I own. There's like a VHS tape in my house somewhere, maybe a DVD. I think it, you were basically given a copy of that in Eddie and the Cruisers when you bought a house in the yeah, it just It just happened. But so the film is that after building an empire with bootleg alcohol, um, legendary crime boss Al Capone, who's played by Robert De Niro, runs Chicago. And though prohibition agent Elliot Ness, who's played by Kevin Costner, he attempts to take Capone down, but his efforts keep failing because of widespread spread corruption, um, this and that. So recruiting an elite group of lawmen who won't be swayed by bribes and fear. They will not, sir. They will not. And this includes an Irish-American cop, Jimmy Malone. That's Sean Connery's role. Which, again, we get to see Sean Connery doing an Irish accent. This has been lauded as one of the worst accent attempts of all time. I would think it's pretty safe to agree with that one. But it didn't really matter because the film was nominated for four Academy Awards and Connery won the Academy Award for Best Supporting Actor. Which, okay. He was really good in that movie, so I can't really argue with yeah, that Yeah, definitely. One. We have. I'll do a short little clip from that and then you can kind of decide about the accent. Okay. You said you wanted to know how to get Capone. Do you really want to get him? You see what I'm saying? What are you prepared to do? Everything within the law. And then what are you prepared to do? If you open the ball on these people, Mr. Nash, you must be prepared to go all the way. Because they won't give up the fight until one of you is dead. I want to get Capone. I don't know how to get him. Want to get Capone? Here's how you get him. He pulls a knife, you pull a gun. He sends one of yours to the hospital, you send one of his to the morgue. That's the Chicago way. And that's how you get Capone. So he's, maybe it sounds, he sounds Scottish with an Irish word here and there, uh, but it's okay. It sounds like he basically started doing the Lucky Charms commercial two seconds before they started filming. And it's like, and okay, then, nailed it. Yeah, that's pretty <laughs> much it. But that film, it's solid entertainment. Um, I it's feel popcorn like, 80s action movie to the highest degree like again that's just it like it might not hold up as well but you have to be able to put these movies in the time period that they came out and when it did that was a very solid kind of cops robbers sort of film like to put an idea people this movie stars kevin costner so 
you know, well, put it, that in your mind. Oh, I like Kevin Costner. It is Kevin Costner and Robert De Niro, and yet Sean Connery is the actor who stands out. So that's oh, absolutely, that's a big feat. Yeah, if you can outact uh, Robert De Niro when he's actually trying, like yeah. he is going for it in this movie. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, such. A so good if movie. you haven't seen it, I still highly recommend that you do. Yeah. Um, All right. Yeah, go check it out. So the next one I'm going to recommend is a Gus Van Sant classic from 2000. I'm going with Finding Forrester. I don't. I know this is one Gus Van Sant film. You did not. You didn't know that. Oh yeah, absolutely. No, because he only really makes terrible movies. Really? Well, this one is not. This one was one of those ones they expected it to be like a huge Oscar pick. That didn't happen. That didn't happen. But I quite enjoy the movie actually. It basically he's playing. Man, I'm in a library. I can't remember the guy who wrote Catcher in the Rye. Who was that? Salinger, right? You got it. All right. So it's basically a reimagining. He's basically playing a version of J.D. Salinger in this movie, who oh. is a shut-in in New York City and finds this uh, black kid who's really smart that's a basketball player and decides he's going to help this kid become a good writer because he sees a lot of talent in him. Okay. Movie was like the introduction of Rob Brown to Hollywood. Is it relevant that the kid is black? Is it like an inner city or something, or is the kid? Oh yeah, it matters. It's because he's going okay. to like a preppy. Uh, okay. okay. He is a legit a smart predominantly kid. Predominantly white school. Right. His, okay. And then we got F. Murray Abraham taking a walk on his scenes in this movie, so oh. you know he's taking his part for a little ride. Okay. Um, but it's such a entertaining movie. Connery is. He's in kind of kind of mushy mode in this one, but you can tell this was another case where he was like, I have a chance to get an Oscar nomination out of this one, and he really goes for like trying to get that nomination. You know, he did pretty good in this movie, actually. Okay. I've heard that people hold that movie kind of dear to their heart. It is. There's a lot to like about the movie. It's a really enjoyable. It has one of the internet's favorite quotes from Sean Connery. Which one? When he's, uh, you're the man now, dog. There's websites devoted. Oh, no. That devoted. sounds offensive in many ways, but okay. No, it's it's actually pretty pretty funny in the movie. <laughs> right. and his delivery on it is just great. Um, but yeah, if you're looking for a nice little Sunday afternoon, I'm going to sit back and watch a movie about <laughs> writing. Okay. I, I'm a nerd like that. I like that stuff. Oh, well, then you'll, you're going to love it. Go check it out. Okay, now we're talking about one that has terrible reviews on Rotten Tomatoes, and I'm like, what's wrong with you people? Because you're all incorrect, and that would be Entrapment. I, oh, man, I like Entrapment. Of I like course entrapment we like Entrapment. Come I went on, on a people. date to Entrapment in high school, actually. I think we all went to a, on a date to <laughs> Entrapment. So we have Insurance Investigator, played by Catherine Zeta-Jones. She's so At hot in that movie. The height of the Catherine zeta The height, holy moly. And she's looking into a stolen Rembrandt painting, and she suspects that this accomplished thief, Mac, played by Sean Connery, is responsible. So she decides to go undercover to help Mac steal an ancient artifact so that she's like, ah, figured it out. But now Mac is a little suspicious, so he confronts um, Catherine Zeta-Jones about her real intentions. She claims that she is, in fact, a real thief. Master and that thieves. the insurance job is the cover. Mm. So who is she playing here? So to prepare... To prove it, she proposes this new target. It could net them like $8 billion. Yada, yada, yada. Who do, 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 do. I don't care. The movie, it, it has a preposterous plot. Yep. Um, there you go. Over the top of the locations. It has absurd action sequences. But there is so much chemistry between these two actors. I don't care about anything else. The movie is just hot. There is definite tension here. We already know. 
because of her husband, that Catherine Zeta-Jones, she digs older guys. Hey, so Catherine. She I was get probably, you, girl. She was in her glory, man. She's like <laughs> doing scenes with Connery the other day, going on dates with Douglas. And he looked Douglas good. And he is an he old man in this one. movie, and it does not matter. They lean into that old manness too. The part of the plot's like, I'm retired. I can't do this anymore. Yeah. So like, I'm going to go get this hot and Catherine once, Zeta-Jones to help me out. And I feel like for years it was just burned in our minds where she's doing that that little like the little spin and they'll go no 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 the remember they had the red strings that were supposed to be the lasers oh yeah and she's going under them and stuff like that I, that's definitely like the scene everybody remembers her whole career for basically it's that and when she's singing on stage in chicago those are like the two things everybody those are, remembers those are her. some great Catherine zeta jones moments but entrapment is totally fun so i really was surprised that the reviews were so harsh they on were it. terrible because people I'm hated like, this it's movie not, it's not like trying to be an oscar film here people it's trying to be fun and i say i say successful so watch the movie yeah and then you can let me know what you think yeah and you know what you're gonna think you're gonna love it that's what's gonna happen yeah, absolutely again though i haven't seen it in a long time so it's gonna, i'm not rewatching it i'm too scared come on man ving <laughs> ving rames is in this as a nothing character he's like a in this movie for 10 minutes i you, love when characters show up like early in their it's careers. one of the best parts about watching movies from like the 90s and the early aughts it's it like oh really my god look at all these famous you'll people see someone who's famous and they've always been bald or something and in the movie you're like oh my god they have hair yeah it's like it's so old like that's amazing speaking of bald let's take a second to uh -oh. appreciate and give a shout out to all of sean connery's wigs because this guy was bald Basically, from the time he became James Bond, he never had hair. Yeah, he he wore um, like a toup a toupee in the Bond films. Yeah, and he wore you know the fact that nobody really cared and or noticed because the well, Bond haircut. Well, I think we were also less judgy back then, and there was an internet where you were constantly like examining pictures and stuff. So right. sometimes you just it, you didn't think about it. We weren't so no, scrutinized. It, I never thought about it at all because basically the entire time I knew him, he was bald, and I never really thought about yeah. it. I'm like, yeah, he's got. Not like a small amount of hair, but it's still a pretty good, pretty good cut sure. there. You could rock the Sean Connery haircut, and people would have been like, "All right, that works." So, especially, especially in the Rock. Shout out to the wig works. I hope Connery left something for him in the will. Uh, you know. <laughs> Get out of here! Tell me <laughs> another. Tell me another movie. All right, so another one of your personal favorites. I am going to go with 1986's Highlander. I know how much you love. <sighs> Do you understand? I just playing. watched Highlander last week again Did because you really? I was kind of looking. I was doing something, so I was busy. So I was like. Andrew, you can put on whatever you want because I'm I'm literally not paying attention. He was like folding laundry. He's like, I'll put a Highlander. And I was like, okay. And he loves it so much. So I'm like, I'm going to try. That movie sucks. Highlander is so good. It is just <laughs> not good in any way. Sean Connery's character. What? Why? Juan Sanchez Villalobos Ramirez, who, <laughs> who, is an Egyptian. That is something that is important. To Egyptian who shows up and is like, someday one of us will have to kill each other, yeah. but let me teach you how to be a good fighter. Yeah. Like, huh? Don't, totally Egyptian. Don't worry yeah, about the it's accent. Really so <laughs> it's so dumb. That's what I like about this movie, though. I it mean, is people eight, do love it. Yeah, I mean, Russell Mulcahy, the guy... His movies are nothing if not he goes for it in all of yeah, his they movies. Went, they went for something. And if you're going to cast a Scotsman, the most famous Scotsman of all time, is an Egyptian with a Spanish last name, boy, oh boy, why not Sean Connery? That's I, basically the thing of this movie. I why guess. not? <laughs> it's, it's, it's something. I'm not, we're not saying it's Sean Connery's best, but it's mentionable. Guys, this is one of those movies... It's just a good movie to watch, if you, especially if you're a guy. If you're a girl, you're probably going to hate this movie. Well, that's sexist, and I love tons of fantasy, so that's not true. It's but just you hate, not very good. But you good. hate Highlander. Because it's not good. 
Well, see, now that's a matter the, of Because opinion. the plot is stupid. Anyway, we're going to move on to a good <laughs> Sean Connery film. By the way, avoid the second Highlander movie. You know how bad Michelle is saying Highlander 1 is? That's how bad I'm telling you the second one is. And Connery got Which talked means... into that one. Oh, so, no. Oh, I, we're, we're just going to leave it there. But this, that turd of a second movie... Just skip right over that. One, I guys. will be sure to skip both. Uh, we need to talk about the film "The Man Who Would Be King." This is a film. It's based on a short story by Rudyard, Rudyard Kipling. Nailed and it. shut up. <laughs> this is a John Huston film. So John Huston put some good stuff out there. And this film follows the exploits of uh, Peachy, played by Michael Caine, and Danny, played by Sean Connery. Oh my God! The accent battle. It really is. They're English military officers, and they're stationed in India. So in this film, they become, they're like tired of their life as soldiers, and so they decide to travel to this um, isolated land of Kafiristan, where they are ultimately embraced by the people and revered as rulers. So Mm -hmm. after a series of misunderstandings, the natives come to believe that Sean Connery is a god. Un- understandable. And, but like him and Michael Caine, they can't keep up this deception forever. So that is the premise of the film. And it's good. I, I don't know if this is really beloved, but this is also a really good movie. Michael Caine and Sean Connery. I've never heard of it. but that's, I You've gotta, never heard of it? No, I got to go check it out now with and, that combo. And they make the most of kind of shedding their stereotypes, you know, to become like a pair of scoundrels. And it could sure, be yeah. argued that they give the best performances of their career, which is kind of, that fact is kind of obscured by the film's unassuming devotion to story. So I think it's worth watching and really paying attention to their performances. And, you know, there's there's a good movie in there. Yeah, okay. Go check that one out. What, um, yeah, I'm liking the, let's suggest <laughs> like there. When like, you do your high-pitched yeah, I know that you're well, curious. It's, yeah, it's ones that I've never really thought of because that's like, that's the old Connery, like, like I said, I didn't really see much of like the younger Connery stuff. Like I saw that Disney Leprechaun movie that he did, but that's just for the hilarity yeah, of the situation. I don't know about that, but they they're great and they became lifelong friends up until the end. I would like just to see a conversation type documentary that just somebody in a room listening to Sean Connery and Michael Caine talk back and forth for two hours about pretty much nothing. Just it so is you really could, fun to listen to them yeah, talk. Just, just so you can hear him go back and forth throwing that out there. Michael Caine. Oh, see, look at that. That's a good one. Where, where, what's he doing here? We don't have the budget to have Michael Caine in the office. Get out of here, Michael. I just read something that was like, to say Michael Caine's name perfectly in his accent, you have to say my cocaine. So Ooh. try it, but say it with an accent and you'll nail it. Ready? Uh, my, my co- no, I'm not going to nail it, but I'm going to practice my it. My cocaine. It's actually very true. It's and I'm not so going to be able to not hear that from you. Yes. So you practice it. We, we from when we do our Michael Caine episode, <laughs> that's all you're going to be hearing is just us doing. <laughs> I know. I love it. I love it so much. All right. Uh, okay. Uh, I'm going to throw out a couple quick ones here because we're running out of time, sure. as always. Hey, I'm stealing your lines. Okay. <laughs> so 1996 is Dragon Heart, where he plays a talking dragon, which was for I a long- I did not see that. It's for a long time my brother's favorite movie, actually. Oh, that's cute. Yeah, it is cute. It's about a talking dragon, and it, stars, and it co-stars Dennis Quaid. It's All a right. mid-90s um, fantasy movie, guys. It's Ex- fine. That's explained well enough? It's fine. 1989's Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade, probably the movie that got him that world's sexiest man. Uh, Great movie. Great movie. Maybe the, Maybe favorite. the best, yeah, of the Indiana Jones films. It's between one and three for sure. Junior. Oh, so good. 
I mean, that's another one I haven't watched in a really long time. I haven't either. I think that's definitely worth revisiting. Look, if there's one thing I enjoy in movies, it's killing Nazis. And this, then the the Indiana Jones movies are silly with just fighting Nazis. And three out of Fact. four of them, even when they're busting out aliens for whatever reason, <laughs> well. they're still fighting Nazis in it. So, <laughs> um, so yeah, go check out Indiana Jones three if you haven't. I mean, I don't even know what to say if you haven't seen that movie. I didn't even know it was it's possible gonna, at this yeah, point. That's true. And then, um, you know, go watch The Name of the Rose. That's another, that's a really good Sean Connery movie that people kind of forget about because he won a lot of British awards for that movie. I never saw it. I have a Name of the Rose thing because that book is universally beloved. Like, beloved. Umberto Echo's masterpiece. And I read like a quarter of it. And I was like, I've never been so bored. But it haunts me that I didn't like it because when things are that popular, I'm like, what's wrong with me? Why don't I like it? So someday I am going to try again. Maybe it hit me at the wrong time. I always say watch the movie if you're not sure of a book. Because sometimes it just pushes you into it. Then Then you'll have Sean Connery in your head while you're reading the book. And that always helps. I like having Sean Connery in my head. That's a good good call. All right, (laughs) let me throw out two more here to end the show. This one... I think this movie kind of gets made fun of, and it's so lovely. Do you remember Playing by Heart? No, I don't. I really like this movie. Is it a romantic comedy or something? It is, and I'm not big on romantic comedies, but so this is a tale we have how it's like love-binding 11 people from Los Angeles. It's one of those, all those different storylines. Oh, I like those. Yeah, and you have a married couple. It's Sean Connery and that Gina Rowland's. Okay. You know she is, yes. And they're preparing to renew their vows. You have a widowed mother, Ellen Burstyn. Okay. Fantastic. Caring for a dying son, Jay Moore. Not as good. Yeah, we can do without Jay Moore. Then we've got um, another couple that have an affair, Madeline Stowe and Anthony Edwards. God, we are just all kinds in the 90s with these names. Oh, um, a theater director played by Jillian Anderson. Oh, boy. She strikes up a relationship with a stranger. You're going to love this. John Stewart. Oh, boy. Right? (laughs) This is pre-Daily Show John Stewart. Oh, yeah. And an aspiring actress, Angelina Jolie. Now that now we're talking, and she's pursuing pursuing this shy man played by a Dennis Quaid. There are so many, literally, Dennis there's Quaid. so many people, and they're all like separate stories. But you know, it kind of all connects in the end. This is like a light, sweet, refreshing take on a romantic comedy. So that is, which is a genre that I'm just not usually into, and like you are not the target for. But I honestly think that you could enjoy this movie. The cast is phenomenal. It's an absolute gem of a film, and I think that it was kind of overshadowed and really squelched by the media buzz of Shakespeare in Love at the time, because they came out at the same time. Another exa- another thing that Shakespeare in Love has held against it. <laughs> it's true. So, I, like I said, I really think this is a good movie. It's a, it's a little coincidence and dialogue heavy. Well, but it's forgivable because we, all in all, the film's enjoyable. We live in an Aaron Sorkin world. We're fine. We're used to talking. We are now, and I think maybe at the time we weren't. And then this last one, um, the Molly Maguires. Are you familiar with that? I've heard of it, but it's another one I haven't seen. It's about the coal mines in Pennsylvania and oh. like these embittered <laughs> miners that have started to a campaign of sabotage to retaliate against the owner's cruelty. Um, I lived in Pittsburgh all my life, well, and I live in these mines. That's <laughs> true. So there's an undercover cop who joins the gang to expose them, played by Richard Harris. Oh, boy. Fantastic. Talk about guys who had probably had hair at the time. I think he does, and but he kind of ends up in sympathy with the grizzled chief of the mines who's played by Sean Connery. Most of th- This is an amazing fact about it is that most of the movie was shot in Eckley, Pennsylvania, 
and Paramount Pictures saved the town from being destroyed because it was slated to be demolished for strip mining. Mm. But after the movie was filmed, the town's land was donated to the Pennsylvania Historical Museum. So now the town is a museum. And like several structures from the movie survived. So so that's kind of awesome. That is pretty cool. I will say that this movie was a notorious flop when it was released in 1970. It's about coal mining in Pennsylvania. Exactly. It earned back a little over 10% of its $11 million budget, which at that time, that's That's almost equivalent to like a $60 million um, um, budget. And also what's crazy, and you can see why it didn't do so well, is that so Sean Connery is the main character in this, and he doesn't end up speaking until 40 minutes into the movie. Really? Yeah. So that's, that's hard, too. That's like, hard. there's a lot of silence in it, but it's occasionally brilliant. It has powerful performances, and if you need your Sean Connery film fi- fix, check it out there. All right. Okay? You know what you want to do, everybody. You can find all of these movies, including books on how to properly do a Scottish accent, (laughs) at your local library. We have 37 branches all over Erie County. Stop on by, say, hey, I'm looking for the Connery stuff, and they'll be like, it's right at the front of the library. We just walked right by it. So go check it out, everybody. We also uh, have a website, www.buffalolib.org. Go on there. You can get all your stuff online. We have a bunch of stuff for e-books, e-audios, all that good stuff. And don't forget to follow us on Twitter at All Booked Up Pod, because you know it's a good time. If you want to talk about a good I like Twitter when feed, you run out of reasons why anyone should do anything. So you just yeah, go, just do it, everybody. Meh, like I can give you the good reasons, but I think PG rated. Mez is, is a great answer for everything. <laughs> so Sean Connery can be a nice guy. In 1991, when he did the movie Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, he donated his salary, the whole thing, to charity. Oh. Look at that guy. I wonder how much he got paid for two minutes of screen time. Well, there is that. But he's made some some big old mistakes in his oh, career. Yeah. He turned down the role of Gandalf in the Lord of the Rings series. I mean, guys, Ian McKellen's great in that role, but Connery as Gandalf, I I mean, love it's hard for me too. to imagine anyone but Ian McKellen, but... Um, Connery said he didn't want to film in New Zealand for 18 months and that he could not understand the novels, which are both valid. You know, there's a wor- there's an alternate reality where there is a Russell Crowe and Sean Connery-led Lord of the Rings movie, everybody, so th- let that roll around That's in something. your brain for a little while. But the decision not to appear in the trilogy cost the actor an estimated $450 million. So he was also offered the role of Dr. Hannibal Lecter. Yes, but he turned it down because he thought it was too violent. Well, I mean, at least he has a, it, he's not wrong in his assessment if that's why he turned it down. It's crazy to think of these things. Um, not not sh- as good of a movie either. I think Anthony Hopkins is a better actor. Yeah, and another great Seanery. Seanery. Uh, we just, <laughs> that's I love that. that. <laughs> I, this is the Seanery cast right I now. I like that. Um, he, the one of the best is that he's parodied on Saturday Night Live by Daryl Hammond. Oh my God. As the bumbling contestant on Jeopardy. And it's just wonderful. The best. In every way. I watched a bunch of them yesterday and was just crying. It was hard. I couldn't really grab, grab any clips. Because they're because pretty he's bad. Foul. Yeah. Yes. He's saying really dirty things. Like the one that just came Throw to my back to your mother. Like well, the whole thing. There's a there's one that like there's one about therapists. I can't even make the joke. Because yeah. like we definitely Oh, I can. love that joke too. It's really funny. Um and our last Sean Connery fact, take it out, or as we call him here. 
Seanery. Seanery. Um, despite being known as Sean, his first name is actually Thomas. What and he was referred to as Tommy growing up. What are you talking about? Like that? It's wild, huh? Thomas Connery? Don't like it. Don't like it. Hard pass. Tommy Connery. It's too hard to say. It's too hard to say. All right, Smacks of Irish, that one. <laughs> Thanks so much for listening. And yeah, hope you made it to the weekend. Yeah, we will luck. see you next time. Bye. Bye.